Welcome to One Tired Teacher, episode 195, Five Easy Ways to Integrate Art and Science into Your Reading Block. And today, Lee is back. Yay! Yay! (laughs) I'm excited. And so today we're going to further the conversation. If you were listening to the last two weeks, if you listened to 194 and 193, then you would, I had some different guests on and we talked about integrating the arts. It was so, so good. So hopefully you will check those out. I'll link to them in the show notes, but Lee and I want to continue this conversation and talk about ways that we can, we can integrate different, you know, areas of content with especially science and art and, and arts, meaning like science, I mean, art and music and Um, drama and all different things that affect and impact different learners. So we're excited to talk about that. Hope you stick around. Welcome to One Tired Teacher. And even though she may need a nap, this teacher is ready to wake up and speak her truth about the trials and treasures of teaching. Here she is wide awake. Wait, she's not asleep right now, is she? she? She is awake, right? Okay. From Trina Debery Teaching and Learning, your host, Trina Debery. And we're back. So we're ready to talk about integrating art and science. So Lee, first of all, hey. like how, how have you been? Um, exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, being back at school it has is kicking my booty, but it's a good kind of exhaustion. I'm Loving the school that I'm at and the teachers that I work with are incredibly inspiring and amazing. And I haven't started pulling groups yet. So for those of you who are new to Two Tired Teachers, I recently stepped back into the classroom after I think five years at home. Wow. Um, And I stepped into an interventionist role, which is like a role where you support students in need. And so because prior to that, it's a free for all. And here we'll give you all kinds of tasks. Exactly. (laughs) Trina hit it right on the head until we can actually get our data in, which Florida has so much data we're pulling. I feel like all we do is test right now, which I'm helping to support with. But until all the data points are in and we actually form our um, MTSS groups, I literally am just the like honeydew, honeydew. And I say, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I oh, will do that. <laughs> so subbing, um, covering classes, lunch duties. What else have I done? I've done everything. Helping with testing. Florida teachers, you know what I'm talking about? The fast testing we've been doing. Been helping a Which lot. Which I hear is that. brutal and it takes it forever is. and three times a year. Don't even it get is. me started because I already went on a rant on, on episode 190 and yeah. where I lost it and cried and part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It it, part of that conversation or part of that was stemmed from things that you and I were talking about on the phone. And then another friend of mine who went into the media center and I just couldn't take it anymore. I was like, I'm so upset. Like I, it it makes me so, so upset. So, okay. So that is crazy. And actually this is coming out in November. So hopefully by November, you will be like on a roll with your, Oh, I, better be. (laughs) We had conversations already. I've already told the people, you know, that are higher than me, like, Hey, I'm ready to work with kids. And it's always been after labor day, we'll have settled, but really fast testing has just kind of thrown a kink in there. And I think it it was fast testing that that, that we take so much time to test Yeah, that we actually don't get to instruct like 
It's yeah, not, well, it's like after Labor Day. It's mind blowing. We're recording this in September. Oh and yeah. It won't come out until November. But so I just I yeah. just I don't know. I feel feel Oh, it's crazy. Well, and I think if it was just fast testing, it'd be it would be okay. But there's so much other testing that my district does. I ready testing, DRAs, phonic screeners. There's so much testing already, especially at the beginning of the year. There was always a lot of testing. It just but feels like another layer. how many weeks are you in now? How many weeks have you We're in our in? fourth week. Yeah, let's see. That's fifth week. We're I think talking we're starting our fifth progress week. reports in my district. Oh, yeah. Progress yeah. reports, I think, are this week or they were last week. And Progress reports and you haven't started teaching. Yeah. I have two groups that I see and they're darlings. I, that's like my favorite part of the day is pulling those two groups. Um, so, but I'm excited to see what else this position holds because it's a side of teaching I've never been on and, um, I'm excited to hone that craft. So, but today we're talking about, we're not talking about testing today. No, we're not. Thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) We're supposed to be talking about integrating arts into our reading and science, which I think because of testing to be able to have space in your cat, like space in your lesson plan, to be able to do anything that where you can integrate feels like a luxury, but almost now that everything's like condensed down and it's mm-hmm. basically, you know, we have two intervention times at my school and it's like mm-hmm. everything else is it's either reading or math. That's all you have. No, so to be no. able to integrate, I think is almost essential. No, I like, agree. And, and some districts like my district is, has eliminated science, which I, I still just blows I my mind. I know fifth graders still take the science. Well, and I don't Florida. even care about the test. Like the fact <laughs> is like we are falling behind in oh, science yeah. in the area of science in all STEM areas. And yet we are, we've taken these massive steps backwards and now yeah. we're not even introducing concepts to students. And when we are, it's usually through you know, informational text. And that's the only thing that we do because we don't have time for all of the creative parts, but that's the part that really captures, you know, some types of students and a lot of types of students and, and creativity is like, is so essential. And it's such a part of who we are as a human that it blows my mind that we don't, that we can't get to that part. We can't get to the good part, which is how I feel this conversation started. Like you're not able to get to the good part because you're doing all the crap and that's how it feels yeah. to me sometimes. But I feel like we need to change our thinking on that because the good part is where the learning and the synthesizing and the, it actually happens. Students yeah. will comprehend deeper, will build their vocabulary more if it's an authentic learning experience. And a lot of times being creative allows for that to happen, Right. When students are allowed to create, when they're allowed to build, when they're allowed to problem solve with their peers, that's where like the actual like deep comprehension happens. So is it great that we're going to be introducing nonfiction text to our students to broaden their horizon on science concepts? Sure. Yes. That's one strategy, but you got to take it a little step further. So I'm glad for having this episode so we can. Okay. So, so that could that be, the, that could be one of the ways like being that you are reading, 
you know, a yeah. science themed picture book and you are talking about science, you know, science concepts and you're looking mm-hmm. at it in a different way. And maybe they're even creating like the thing that comes to my mind automatically is reading like about the water cycle and then discussing oh, yeah. the process and then allowing them to create, recreate the water cycle with like tangible things yeah. that they touch with their, with their hands and yeah. develop and things. So yeah. that, that is one way. Um, we used to teach a, um, water cycle song, oh, you know, yeah. so that they would remember the uh-huh. different stages. And let me tell you, like when I, from when, before I introduced the song till after the vocabulary that students would use to describe the water cycle, it was transformed. Yeah. So like before students would be like, well, it like, you know, it goes up into the sky and it like forms clouds and then it falls down like rain and then it'll collect. Well, after introducing the song, they were actually using that target science vocabulary, condensation, precipitation, you know? So it was like song is like magical. It it, like, it actually, you know, when we get it in that part of our brain Mm -hmm. that holds on to the memory, you know, you can think of songs that come on the radio that you heard when you were a little kid and all of a sudden you're singing along, you know, all the words. (laughs) Yeah. So I think song, like we talked about like specifically integrating music in 193 with my, with my guest. Mm-hmm. And it was like <sighs> magical. So I think that's a yes. perfect example of using, mm-hmm. of using songs. I know my daughter, um, she had a math teacher in fourth grade that like hit all of her learning styles and, and she used songs. She used yeah. songs and math a lot. And, um, and, and Emily still to this day <laughs> will start singing certain hey. things to help her remember. And it's so, and she's 22. So it's so, it's so crazy. It's, it's very impactful. Okay. So that could be a second way. Um, yeah. so what's picture another thing? Yeah. Picture songs. books, songs, definitely. Um, I love anytime that you can integrate where students, you were talking about that creative piece where they get to draw or create mm. something as part of their. I don't want to call it a performance task, but I do this a lot. You'll, if you buy any of my resources for writing, you'll see there's always some type of creation piece at the end, mm-hmm. whether they're creating an illustration drawing or there's like a craft. And I know a lot of teachers think, oh, the craft, uh, we'll get to it. But like, that's really, the students get so excited to have yeah. like finish their, their writing and then like really kind of like make it more than just a piece of paper by adding that craft. So I think anytime that you can add a little bit of a creativity piece mm-hmm. with either a craft or a drawing, it's like it levels up the lesson. It levels up the comprehension because yeah, now they're they touching really on that. It. Yeah. They get into it and you're touching that modality. Too, I agree. Like that. And I think that, and then if you want to go if you want to, if you want it to be like more of a critical thinking, then you make it an open-ended type oh, yeah. of craft so that mm-hmm. it doesn't have to all, we're not all, we don't even have to all create the water cycle, for example. Like if we're doing if or we're posing a problem, and in this case, it could be, you know, a problem for anything, for any mm-hmm. story, for any real world problems. And how are we going to solve that? And it's not all going to look exactly the same. And yeah. I, I love that. That's what I love about like makerspace and STEM challenges, which uh, which I've been focusing a lot on in the last couple of years. And that's one of the things that I love the most is that if we're trying to solve the problem of, you know, schools not feeling in inclusive, let's say, and then they have to, they have to think about how they could do that. It's going to look different in the eyes of every student. And I think that is really powerful. So I think that's a a great idea. 
And well, and speaking about, of like, open, oh, go oh can I? Sorry, yeah. I want to add because that's such a great one is with the open ended um, creativity. So I have an activity where um, for measurement, simple standard, linear measurements um, standards. At the end of that unit, the com- the cumulate com- cumulating mm-hmm. activity is that they create a monster that they measure the different body parts of. And every monster looks different and all the measurements are different, but they are so engaged. The only rule really is that the monster has to have certain parts of its body. It has to have a body, legs. It can have arms, eyes. And I think, um, I forget what else, but like, and as long as they have that and then they measure it either using an, an inch ruler or a centimeter ruler, And it's so like the engagement on that. They're so excited to build their monster. It is a true performance task, you know, and it's completely open-ended because there is really, there's only guidelines, but every monster always looks different. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's cool. Um, I think another way, and, and this is instead, you know, we want them to, to obviously read about concepts of science, but if we allow, if we even add drawing in there, it makes such a huge difference. Like uh-huh. If we're studying, you know, plant, the plant life cycle of a plant or even the life cycle of an animal, if we're allowing them to create like a nature journey journal or some type of expression with art, even paint, I was the worst about allowing my kids to paint. Like I never oh. got paint out. I was the, I was like, I mean, I, I was, yeah, a little crazy when it came to that because it was too messy and, it, <laughs> and I regret can. that. Yeah. And I regret, and the glitter was like my arch enemy. Oh. So. <laughs> uh, I have pulled out lots of glitter in my career. That's for sure. Oh, but yeah, anytime that they can do like a painting activity, we would do um, a watercolor paint when we would do um, under the sea, like a thematic unit. Um, which to me is if you're not sure how to start with integrating the arts, like if you're not sure how to integrate, um, like science topics or social studies topics, an easy way to do that is a thematic unit. But within that thematic unit of learning about ocean habitats, the students would create a watercolor art of animals of their animal, like in their habitat under the ocean. And they loved that. Um, and it was so easy and it really took, I think a lot of teachers are hesitant because they feel like I don't have time. I don't have time. It took 15 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Say we, it will, we, we feel like we don't have time because we're pressured by these pacing guides Mm -hmm. and things like that. But then, but then we don't understand why we have so many behavior problems. Oh yes. We have behavior problems because kids can't just sit still for, for seven and a half hours a day. And it's necessary for them to be able to move and be able to learn in a different way. And some kids feel dumb in the way that we have to do constant school. So if we did more of these kind of activities, I feel like yeah. we would have less behavior problems, which would free up more time. Because oh, that's yes. the thing that takes up so much time is having to stop yeah. and deal with that nonsense. Well, I think teaching has kind of become a sit and get, right? Yeah. You're going to sit and, and you're going to get what I'm teaching like you. that. They don't. But I feel like they, they have they like, learn. I feel like teachers, like they have to, yeah, they have to open up their mouths and shove all this information in because it's going to be on a test or there's going to be some data point that goes to it. And if they don't know it, then the teacher looks bad. I, it is true. Like the te- if it looks like the teacher looks bad. But the truth is, is if we as teachers stepped back a little bit and allowed students to be in control of that learning, and instead of the sit and get model, we had the maybe step back and let them figure it out model. I think yeah. you would see some magic there. Yeah. Um, so more project-based learning for sure. For and sure. I like the idea of, of 
like adding movement with their bodies. Like, oh, yes. Dramatic retelling of a con of a scientific concept Mm -hmm. or, you know, or an integrating technology. Like kids get so excited. I mean, I had one on one iPad. So that was super Mm -hmm. fun. And there were so many apps and there was so much to learn. And they would like, we we were focusing on the human body and they recreated a system. Like some people did the brain and they, they used like yarn and all this stuff for this big brain they created. And someone was doing the skeletal system and they used paper towel rolls and toilet paper rolls. And they built like the, with the bones, it was so cool and then they presented the each team presented on these on these you know systems. I love that it was that's so, right up my alley it was so fun it was so cool and I like they just lit up and they learned so much they probably still to this day know exactly you know know all about yeah. it and I just I don't know it was just really magical and then yeah. we had like almost like a a, like a museum walk in the classroom because, you know, they'd walk around. Yeah. Like a gallery and, walk. Yeah. Like a gallery walk. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think of the word. Um, yeah. And I just, it was just, and it was like an integration of so many different things, you know, art. And then it, we were also do, using science. technology for research and apps and things like that and science. And, um, mm-hmm. and we read about it. So it was nonfiction, you know, informational text. It was, it was really cool. Oh yeah. Talk about probably you taught you you were able to hit so many standards in a span of what, 45 minutes. I mean, it was like, you probably took a week's worth of standards and was able to condense it down in one or two lessons. And I think a lot of teachers get intimidated by that because they think, how am I going to assess a rubric is a simple way to do that. You know, that they need to include these things, this information. And as students can, once they have the guide, they can easily check off Like, yes, I have this. Yes, I have that. So if you as a teacher ever feel intimidated about doing like a larger scale project like that, start with your rubric. You're right. The rubric is, and, and actually I have this in one of my Mm -hmm. reading units, this, that lesson, because it's a a nonfiction focus and, and then it has like graphic organizers for the body parts or body systems and things like that so that they can take notes. And then there's a rubric already created and it's so it's really cool. So I I'll link to that in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. So did we cover five? Cause we promised five today, but I think we talked about more than five. I think we did integrating, um, literature, like picture books, um, integrating technology, using apps and things for them to do either research or creation journal. We talked about Mm -hmm. sketches and art. We talked about moving your body and, um, movement song, song, song. (laughs) I think we got it. Oh my <laughs> I want to make sure we, we really hit what we said we were going to hit. Cause sometimes Absolutely. we get a little off topic. That's true. <laughs> well, I think, I think that, that hopefully that gives, you know, teachers and, um, and our listeners that gives them some ideas to try in their classroom yeah. and maybe just a reminder. And I, I, I needed the reminder constantly. I felt like as a primary teacher, I, science and social studies like that they took a back seat but if mm-hmm. i was able to integrate them and then be able to like steal back some time from my reading block and then allow you know that to be like time that i use later in the day for actual hands on things i could do it that's how that's how i could get it done yeah no i i think we gave some great real life examples that teachers can use in their classrooms starting tomorrow literally tomorrow you could do one of these things and um, I feel like if a teacher is unsure, they could DM us, right? Find us on Instagram, yeah. DM Absolutely. Trina or myself. Yep. We will help you problem solve. If you Certainly. have an idea, um, we are here to help. So, yeah. but 
I'm feeling right. a yawn coming on. So is this two tired teachers signing off soon? Yes. <laughs> two tired teachers. We are um, hoping that, yeah, have sweet dreams and sleep tight. 